Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. There's Blast. Deep into the night. And a two-run homer for Baez. And there it goes. Abreu massacres this ball to left center field. Donna goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling. 25-20. Got a block for Brown. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Don't win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Trubisky's going to run it. And he is going to get a first down. Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Welcome in to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. We're sitting in for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We are here till 9 o'clock this evening. We're open for business and your phone calls at 312-332-3776. And we'll get to you on Twitter throughout the evening as well. Lots to do tonight. We will have the summer of football at 810 tonight with Colin Wilson from the Action Network. We'll talk some win totals in the National Football League, some over-unders. We'll try and figure out how we can make money at 810. And then at 830, we will talk with former Buckeye and former Celtics forward Jared Sollinger. He's a coach uh, for the basketball tournament. He's coaching in the semifinals on Sunday. So we'll talk to Jared Sullinger at 8.30 later tonight. Lots to do in this first hour. We'll talk Carmelo Anthony at some point here in the first hour as well. But we will start here with the Chicago Cubs. They win today 6-2 to over the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, it's all good again, Chris, isn't it? It's all sunshine and puppy dog kisses. The that? Cubs are home. They slept in their beds, and now they got to win. The Cubs are back. Well, and they barely got any sleep yesterday and into the day game today at Wrigley Field. But they played well, and that's the, the key to this whole season, right? You look really good at home where you struggle on the road, and we've seen that throughout this entire year, Adam. But today it was really led by Jose Quintana. He was outstanding. Six innings pitched, two earned runs, five strikeouts, no walks, and then Javi Baez. Javi Baez, two doubles and a home run today. Yeah, the Javi Baez game. Uh, he could have, he almost hit for the cycle, but not quite. Uh, but ultimately, like you said, this is a, the this is on the pitching staff today. As Jose Quintana goes seven uh, or six innings strong, and then the bullpen comes in and has a what we haven't been able to see on the road. The bullpen comes in, Wick Kinsler and Kyle Ryan come in and get the job done and maintain the four run lead that. Uh, that uh, uh, Jose Quintana left with, but ultimately it was that Jason Hayward led off the game with a home run, and then Braun tied it up in the second with his own home run. But then it was it was the, uh, the all the, all Cubs after that. I can't decide which is more frustrating: days like today as a Cubs fan. Wait, hold on. Days like today, they won six to two. Days like today as a Cubs fan, or last night where you lose to the Cardinals on the road, you get blown out. 8 nothing, right? You can't score runs. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating as well. But today, they looked like one of those teams where you say to yourself, you know what? This Cubs team has the talent, and if they pitch like that and the bullpen comes together and the offense is there and Baez looks like that, this is one of those teams that can win a World Series. I don't know which is more frustrating, seeing the potential and the talent on the field 
and seeing them win games like today where you kind of saw it. It was picturesque, right? Everything looked kind of perfect. Friday, mm-hmm. summer mm-hmm. at Wrigley, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. Uh, they, they didn't get a lot of sleep last night. So you're expecting them to be sluggish. Nope. Here they come. The Chicago Cubs through the door. Six to two, a victory today. Great pitching, great hitting. It all comes together. That's frustrating to me because it's not consistent. That, to me, is very frustrating about this team. Well, I think the frustrations come from, and if you're a Cubs fan, the frustration comes from not knowing what to expect next, and that's the what you go and say inconsistency. Since June 1st, Chris, they are 27-27. and 27. They're a 500 team. They were 14-15 and 15 in June, 12-11 and 11 in July, and they're 1-1 one one now in August after winning today. That's 27-27. and 27. Now, you're like, oh, well, that's great. that you know they, they pitch well and everything. Well, they have the third best ERA at home, and they have the 18th worst ERA on the road as a pitching staff. So it's, it's, it's inconsistency, and that can be frustrating as a fan because you can feel great about today's when you're like, Jose Quintana, you know, he's, that trade's looking better and better. He's been pitching really well. He, he's got the Brewers number. He's great. You got Cole Hamels coming back tomorrow. The offense was clicking today. Javi Baez looks like Javi Baez again. Jason Hayward let off the game with a home run. He's looking great again. But then ultimately, the feeling as a Cub fan is, well, they'll probably lose tomorrow and then win on Sunday or win on win tomorrow and lose on Sunday and win a series at home. But ultimately, they're just a 500 team. So they're well, going to just do that. Yeah, right. And that's why I asked the question, if you want to join the conversation at 312-332-3776, that's frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Seeing greatness and the potential that's in front of you, but not excelling to that point, that to me is frustrating. I get it. The losses are bad too. When you lose to the Cardinals on the road after you've been such a bad road team in the in the recent stretch of series, what we're going back ten road series now before they've they've won a series on the road. May that 17th. to me, that to me is frustrating as well. Mm-hmm. But when you see the team immediately show up at home and be great, and you look at the road and home splits, and you see that they at home they are a great baseball team. That is frustrating because if they could just figure it out on the road, we could get them into the conversation of World Series champs like the Dodgers, like the Astros, like the Yankees, even to an extent, the Braves. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at those teams, if if and, and uh, Rick Sutcliffe, who joined Waddle earlier today, uh, you can hear all of that on the podcast on ESPN.com and the Pod Center said that it, he was going through the standings and if the Cubs were in any other division, they'd be seven games out. Yeah. Seven games out. That's insane. And I wonder how the Cubs would have approached the trade deadline. That's exactly that what he case. brought up. That's exactly what he brought up. And whether, you know, Kyle Schwarber might not be on this team or other pieces, maybe Chris Bryant's not on this team as they try to revamp the farm system. So you have the luxury. We say all this. You have the luxury of being in a division where you are now a half game back of the Cardinals. You're two games up on the Brewers. And you are close to a first-place team, but because the rest of the division is just as inconsistent as you are. I'm going to ask you a question about Chris Bryant at 7.15. So in about Mm. six minutes from now, I I have a question about Chris Mm. Bryant because he is someone that is uh, intriguing to me. In case you're just getting into your car, you're starting your weekend, you're ending work, you're heading home, and you didn't catch it, here is Joe Madden after the game. The Cubs win. They beat the Brewers 6-2 to today. Here's Joe Madden after the game. Yeah, we had other opportunities. We had some balls good. Uh, Wilson to the wall. And then uh, Castellanos really just continues to have good at-bats. Um, up and down, though, I love Bodie's ground ball to the other side. Javi 
move the baseball when it's necessary. Uh, Jason Homer almost, you know, both sides benefited from the wind uh, blowing in. Both teams, I think, would have had at least two more homers. So it worked out well for us. Quintana um, getting through the six was was pretty important, I thought. He had a chance to get through the seventh. It didn't want to work out. But uh, I thought, yeah, you're right. We played a clean game. And, and Rowan Wick pretty much kept that whole thing in order. That was an outstanding performance on his part. You mentioned on the road that you spoke with Hayward before putting him back in the leadoff spot. Before earlier today, Theo was kind of raving about him embracing that role and mm-hmm. going to center. We just thought him just the flexibility is better he has. To... Yeah, to, to have it and embrace because oh, listen, he's maybe the best right fielder in the game, and then he's willing to go do this thing in center field. I do like finishing with him in, in right because the, the sun is so difficult, uh, and uh, Nick's got to get used to all of that. I thought Nick moved really well. Uh, that one ball he caught along the wall way into right center. He got to the wall and then played along the wall. That's that's good stuff, technically. He did that really well. Um, I think Nick's arm looks good also from what I've seen the ball coming back in. But you, when you could get Albert in center by the end of the game with the lead and um, Hayward back in, in right, obviously that sets it up well for us, especially at this ballpark. Even though Nick uh, makes that move, which is probably the wrong play, Shows yeah. a lot of energy and it probably juices up the team. Yeah, he, he, I don't know long, but I mean, this guy's really focused. Everything he does, man, he's he's laser focused. He is. That's uh, con- When you have a conversation with him, I don't know if you got, you probably have already, he'll look you right in the eyeballs, man, and he's right there the whole time. Very sincere in what he's saying. It's authentic. Um, there's uh, a lot to like about him. And at the plate, I mean, you, you kind of alluded to it, but one one for five in the box score, but he put the ball in play every time he went up the bat. Really good at-bats. Well, the the ball at the second baseman should be hit also. I'll tell you that straight up. That ball bounced off the guy's chest. So there, there's a lot of that that goes on around here, and I don't want to get into that. But that should have been a hit also. There's no question. That ball's over 100 miles an hour, hits somebody in the chest. Recovering from that is not that easy. Um, so he's, he's really had some great at-bats. Um, and I... Yeah, I think tomorrow he sees a lefty for the first time. We haven't had that opportunity to take him out for a test ride versus the lefty, so I'm looking forward to that too. Jesse's guy had his glove changed. Yeah, Jesse, what was that all about? <laughs> he said the Brewers didn't ask for it. So. I'll tell you exactly what, because he had his glove made out of the same fabric as that shirt. Very great. <laughs> so the, the leather shirts that Jesse wears, eventually, Kinsler had one made into a glove with. Uh, it was all about color. Color of glove, that's what I was told. And I said to John, I said, you realize he's been using that glove all year? Um, I could tell you it's great. So I said, I'm not going to get upset with you guys. He said, where does that come from? And then he said, you know, of course it comes from above. And I'm just so curious regarding the the uh, brainstorming involved in regards to outlawing a gray glove with blue. That really... Um, is interesting to me. I don't know if I'd have the time to figure that out. <laughs> so you guys have talked a lot about the, the difference between the record on the road and yep. coming home, but after all the travel and to bounce back like that, I mean, what, what can you attribute that to? Well, if you do. You, you, the, I'm telling you, when you come to this ballpark, as you know, the energy from our fans is, is substantial. It, you feel it immediately. So I think it begins with that. You come back home, it's very comfortable. Everything that we have going on here, you get to sleep in your own bed. All that stuff matters. But, again, not an excuse about what we're doing on the road. That needs to get better. It's going to get better. But when you come back here, I think the, uh, the fans have a lot to do with it. The fact that that's a Friday. Friday afternoon games aren't packed everywhere else unless you're giving away something. 
a thunder sticks or a hat or something. You got that's the only way you get a full crowd in, in other ballparks at one twenty in the afternoon on a Friday. So um, a lot of it has to do with the fans. You're wearing the shirt. How good will it be to get Cole back? Oh yeah, really good. Um, you know, he's such a professional, and this, everybody talks about other guys, other teams' rotations, all kind of like ours. You put those five names out there, man, it's, it's a solid five. So to get him back, get him well, and then continue to uh, attempt to put the bullpen guys out there at the right time, it's very interesting. Not yet. Well, we haven't, I'm talking with the boys right now. So that's Joe Men after the game. You could hear that uh, press conference on NBC Sports Chicago. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah here singing in for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Jose Quintana, six innings, seven hits, two earned runs, five strikeouts. He has an ERA now of 4.40. You heard Joe Madden talk right there. When you get home, especially at Friday at home at Wrigley Field, it's a different vibe. Here's the concerning thing with that. You might not get a home game if you keep playing ball the way you have the last month and a half to two months, right? Because if you're one of the wildcard teams and you don't have that home field, you can't count on that that Wrigley Field Chicago crowd to be behind you in a playoff game. And then we have to look at the road and home splits. And in a playoff one game or go home situation, I wouldn't trust this team as the road team in a wildcard situation. Chris, they might not get a playoff game. If you just squeak in and you're the road team and you have to travel for that wild card game to do it, I wouldn't trust the team on the road. But at home, I'd feel really confident Not the way they've been group. playing. They can't win a regular season series. How are they supposed to win a postseason series on the road? I mean, well, they have, they have 53 saying. games left right now. They have a lot of road games coming up. They have a 10-game road trip coming up after the Brewers are here right now and then the A's come into town and then they go on a 10-game road trip. And remember, remember... Remember last year when they went into Cincinnati and got swept. And you're like, well, if it wasn't for that series, well, guess who they go see first? The Reds for four games, August 8th through the 11th. Four games against the Reds on the road, and then you go to Philly and Pittsburgh. But before that, you have to go to the Reds who've had your number, especially on the road. Yeah, and they've struggled against them this season. Mm-hmm. So, Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app today. Chris Bryant in five at-bats. He scored one run. He had two hits. He's now batting 290 on this season. Okay, Adam, I have this question for you. Let me ask you this. I've heard a lot of people, and I know it's a generic thing to throw out there, a lot of people, but a you see it people. on social media. You see people call up. Cub fans around uh, the city want to tell you that Chris Bryant is an MVP-level player, right? Yeah. Okay, so Chris Bryant being an MVP-level player, and they point to his numbers when he was an MVP in 2016, correct? Mm-hmm. Like, that that's the go-to. When someone says, but Chris Bryant's an MVP, they go to 2016, right? Of course, of okay. course, of course. And the numbers that he had in 2016, 39 home runs, 102 RBI, his slash numbers were 292, 385, 554, and he had a 7.7 war. Mm-hmm. So if you look at Chris Bryant today and you look at this season, you, you look at what's going on with this Cubs team, to me, part of the reason why this team is up and down and has struggled is because Chris Bryant, although good, is not playing at an MVP level. Ah, but Black, what are you talking about? His numbers this season are as good as they were when he won an MVP, right? That's what people are going to say to you. That's what people will come back at me with. I use the eye test, and I say, Bryant doesn't quite look like an MVP. 
And then they'll say, but look at his numbers in 2016. His numbers now are just as good as they were when he won an MVP, right? So right now he has 21 home runs, 51 RBI, slash numbers of 288, 392, 535. He has a 3.5 war at the moment for the Chicago Cubs. But to me, that's not an MVP in today's day and age of the of Major League Baseball. Right? Like, if the Cubs are in first place, battling for first place, a half game out of first place, he's your best player, and he's putting up stats that are the best on the team. Should he, shouldn't he be an MVP uh, in the conversation? Well, if you look at just the National League, I didn't even do the entire league, Chris. I looked at the National League just now, and he is 14th among in the National League in war. He's 14th in batting average, 7th in on-base percentage, 25th in home runs. Tied for 25th oh, oh, with three Abdallah, other guys. When he won the MVP in 2016, okay, everybody, his numbers now are just as good as that. Literally everybody has a bunch of home runs. Uh, see, Kristen Yelich here's, here's has 36 home runs. Yeah. Uh, Cody Bellinger has okay. 35. So, Pete Alonso so stop, has 34. Stop at those first two want, names. Do you want me to keep going? No, I'd like you to stop at those first two names. Here's the reason why this Cubs team is in the situation that they're in. Chris Bryant, as the best player on the team, has not taken that next step to another level. He has not jumped Mm -hmm. to another level. And shouldn't his numbers, although good, I understand that he's good. I'm not saying Chris Bryant isn't good. The numbers are good. And they match what they were in 2016 Mm -hmm. when he won an MVP. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Baseball has changed since 2016. Christian Yelich right now. Has 36 home runs, 81 RBI, slash numbers of 332, 426, 692, a 5.8 war. Mm-hmm. His team just lost to your team today. Mm-hmm. And they are a game behind a your team right now in uh, the your division. Team, yes. So your team, who has the guy who's the better player, isn't in the MVP conversation, yet the guy on the the worst team at the moment is. And how explain, about the, explain that to me? Well, so then how we about, go to Cody Bellinger. Oh, yeah, exactly. Go 35 to 35 home runs, mm-hmm. 83 RBI. Mm-hmm. Slash numbers are 331, 432, 677. A war of 7.1 That's insane. as of right now today That's for insane. Cody Bellinger on the best team in the National That's League. That's insane. He could Dodgers. end the year with like a 10. Like a, a 10 so here, here's my point. When people want to say that Chris Bryant, leave him alone, this, that, and the other... Because he was an MVP, mm-hmm. and in his MVP season, the numbers this season are matching what we saw in his MVP season. I say to you, little Cub fan, guess what? Baseball has changed. Sean liked that. Sean's, Sean's laughing in the studio that little I said Cub little Cub fan. fan. Well, well here's, the, here's the reason why. I'm sick of people telling me that he's an MVP. Because this in this today's uh, MLB, he is not. He's a great player, but he needs to perform at a higher level. If this team's going to be consistent all the way through and be a team that's going to fight for a championship, they need more out of Chris Bryant. Well, I think that everybody does, though. I think that everybody... Is it? I don't know, man. I think you got to look at the top, and and you you need more from your best players. If if Chris Bryant's going to be a $300 million player, he needs to provide more than what he's doing right now. He's good. I get it. And people want to give me all these advanced analytics. I get it. But there are many players across baseball who are better than Chris Bryant. But I think the problem that when you have with the the Cubs is that all of your guys aren't performing 
consistently. And you go, it goes back to the consistency. Look at Javi Baez. Even Jed Hoyer today on with, uh, with Cap earlier and Eddie Olchek said that Javi is in a slump. And today he has a home run and two doubles. And so he, he, what is he out of his slump or is he going to go 0 for 25? Uh, after this, look at Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber has been struggling at the plate, but last weekend in the blowout game on Sunday, he had a, a grand slam and a three-run home run. And th- and then what? So it's it's not it's all it's boomer bust with these guys. And you need some level of consistency. I'm not saying you need to be Mike Trout. I'm just saying you need to you need to be a threat every time you show up to the plate, and not just have these outbursts of 0 for four, 0 for four, one for four, one for three, two doubles and a home run. 0 for 4, 0 for 4, 0 for 4. A grand slam and, th- and a three-run home run. 0 for 4, 0 for 4, 0 for 4, 0 for 4, 0 for... Like, you just... It can't work like that. If you are a Cub fan listening to this conversation, it's your favorite team, you're watching this team each and every day, and you say to yourself, Chris Bryant's numbers resemble the numbers of his MVP season, mm-hmm. then why this season is he not an MVP candidate? Please tell me. Explain to me why... He is doing what he did to win an MVP. The rest of the league has jumped, improved, yet he is not jumping and improving. He is still good. So you can't say that I'm not saying he's not good. He's good. He's a very good baseball player. But is he a top five player in the National League? Is he going to be in the MVP conversation? He's not a top ten player right now. If you go by if you look at if you go by war and if you go by all the metrics, he's not top five in anything. And, and see, that's why if you are a Cub fan thinking that this is a take that is just coming from a point of view where it's saying that he's just bad, it's not true. Because you're lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. When you watch him play and you watch the way this team played, remember back to last night. Remember, today was great, right? Sunshine, Wrigley Field, everything's oh, great. Friday, summer hopping, all this stuff, right? It's great right now. But last night, it was terrible. Where was he last night? I got one hit yesterday. Where was he in the previous series, right? Like, that's where I'm confused on Chris Bryant. If he's supposed to be an MVP, you have a first-place team fighting for first place. Shouldn't he be in the MVP conversation? Absolutely he should be. If you're going to be one of the best teams and end up trying to go to a World Series, you have to have MVP-type players. And right now, they have a lot of really good players. They don't have an MVP caliber player on their team right now. That's Adam Abdallah. I'm Chris Black here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Uh, earlier today, Carmelo Anthony told Stephen A. Smith on first take that he was going to become a Chicago Bull. But then something happened. What was that something? Why didn't Melo decide to come to the Bulls? We will discuss that coming up next. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on, on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Carmelo trying to find Leonard. Can't get it to him. Puts the ball on the floor off to the right side. Starts to drive. He beats Odom baseline. and dunks. 29 for Carmelo Anthony. An 11-15 shooting. 78-66 Denver. That one with authority. Chris Block and Adam Abdallah singing in for Jonathan Hood tonight on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We are here till 9 o'clock tonight. Watching first take earlier today, Stephen A. Smith got a chance to sit down with Carmelo Anthony, who is still looking to play in the NBA. I think he can still contribute to a team. Uh, I think it is not great that he's just sitting on the sidelines waiting. I mean, he's not that bad. 
that he can't play anywhere in the NBA. Someone somewhere could use a guy for 15 to 20 minutes a night, make some buckets off the bench, and be that. He's not going to be a number one player on any team in the league. He's not going to be a number two. He's probably not going to be a three on a good team either. But he can give you something. Carmelo Anthony should still be playing in the NBA. If Vince Carter can still be playing in the league, Carmelo Anthony can still play. Yeah, but you got to know your role at this point. Of That's course. the problem. The problem he needs is, to take some of that on himself and know his a, own role. It's I a agree. pride thing. I mean, yeah, of course. Could he put up minutes in the in the NBA and, and give you something? But ultimately... The problem is that he egos come into this, and he still wants to start. He still thinks that he is a starter and has something to offer as a starter. And ultimately, the league doesn't think that. So it's going to depend on which which gives first, whether a team gets an injury or something like that, and they and they uh, find a way to to add him to their team, or he gets that ego checked at the door and goes and just says, I want to contribute. It doesn't matter. He's 35 right now. He played 10 games last season for the Houston Rockets. He scored 13.4 points per game, and he shot from the field from three. He shot 32%, not great from the field, 40% last season for the Houston Rockets. So Stephen A. Smith and Carmelo Anthony were talking on first take, and they were talking about whether or not when he was a free agent, if he chose chasing money, over titles and this is the conversation you had opportunities on multiple occasions to put yourself in a situation to go after the chip and instead elected to go after the money to that you said who though who who was my options well again the miami situation that that was just an idea right Mm -hmm. that that wasn't even that was just an idea stages Mm -hmm. right and i was about to sign shortly after that conversation Mm -hmm. right the New York Knicks situation, I was going to Chicago. I, Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah, Jim, I was there, right? I, I, I was there. And then I started getting whispers behind the scenes. Yo, look, this person ain't going to be there. Ah, it ain't really right. Ah, this and that. And it was all of that started to come up in the midst of my decision making. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to let anything cloud that. I met with New York last. Like, they was the last team I met with because I knew that I was ready to move on from that situation Mm -hmm. because of what I was dealing with and going through in New York. After that, I met with New York the last meeting and said, tell me what you're going to do for the organization, for us to put a team together to go compete and try to win. Mm -hmm. That was my conversation with them. A lot of things that was promised. A lot of things that was said. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Because I belong in New York, I'm going to roll with you. I'm going to roll with you. That's Carmelo Anthony on first take earlier today. You know what's funny about that is you listen to him say a lot of things were promised and that he rolled with the Knicks. Huh, surprising. No one signed with the Knicks this offseason. A lot of promises, and they don't come through. Surprising from the New York Knicks. What's, Did you catch what he said in the middle there about the Chicago Bulls? Crazy. I was going to Chicago. I, Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah, I was there, right? I, I, I was there. And then I started getting whispers behind the scenes. Yo, look, this person ain't going to be there. Who wasn't going to be there? Who is Carmelo Anthony talking about? I was going to Chicago. I, 
Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah. I was there. Carlos right? Boozer? I, was, I was there. Carlos Boozer? And then I started getting whispers behind the scenes. Yo, look, this person ain't going to be there. Nate Robinson? This person ain't going to be there. Is it Nate Robinson? Was he talking about Derrick Rose? Was he talking about Tom Thibodeau? I think he was talking about Thibodeau. Because Thibodeau is the one that had the connection to Team USA because he yeah. was coaching for mm-hmm. Team USA when Melo was there. Yep. When when D-Wade, LeBron, and Bosh were all conspiring, uh, conspiring together where they were going to play in free mm-hmm. agency, mm-hmm. the whispers behind the scenes that Tom Thibodeau wasn't going to be there and that's why he, he decided not to be a Chicago Bull. You know what's crazy to me, Chris? And Chris and Adam here in ESPN 1000. There you go. I'll tell you a story. Okay. Um... So you and I are 34 years old, right? Yeah. Uh, is this, is this, because I, I know Mello is our generation, but it seems like every 10, is it 10, it's been longer than 10 years. And what I'm going back to is a sound clip, and I know we don't have it because we lost it, but it is when, it is when Kobe Bryant was on with Jonathan Hood, and he said, I was almost a bull. We were looking for houses. Is that going to become the new? Is that the new generation of I was almost a bull? I was looking for houses. Is that is that what could have been? Well, if it wasn't for promises that weren't kept. If we go back to the summer of 2010, it wasn't that we just didn't think Carmelo wasn't going to come here at all. There was... The idea that Melo did want to come to the Chicago yeah, Bulls. But ultimately, everyone thought... It, 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 so no. this is the first time he's publicly saying it, so I agree. The Kobe thing was interesting because no one knew that yeah. that was actually real. It was a floated rumor in L.A. so he could have leverage against the Lakers. But and, and no one knew that he was actually considering trying to move to Chicago. The difference is that we didn't know that he was going to come to Chicago and it was broken promises and the 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 thought that someone wasn't going to be here. Everyone just assumed it was like, well, the check's bigger, so I don't blame you because money's money's cool. Yeah, and that's why people thought he was going to go to the New York Knicks yeah, instead. Yeah, exactly. I was going to Chicago. I, Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah, I was there, right? I, I, I was there. And then I started getting whispers behind the scenes. Yo, look, this person ain't going to be there. See, that's the new part. I want to know who that person is. Like, I don't why. I think we have a good idea on who that is, but I want to know. I want him to say it. Why didn't he say it? I would have loved for Carmelo to say it. This person, who? Where's Stephen A there? Who is the person? Luol Dang? No, I don't think it would be Luol Dang. I mean, listen. Let's go through the roster. Do you know how much this would have changed everything? Because. That season, 2010 to 11, Carmelo averaged 26 points per game. Mm-hmm. He was in his apex of his career. He was still Two years it. later, he averaged 28.7. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what was missing on this Bulls team because yep. they had all the ancillary pieces around it. Butler, a hard worker in the backcourt. Luol Deng. Noah at center at his best. Derrick Rose, mm-hmm. who even if he was still injured off and on, would have been fine because we would have had a scorer in Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. It just it's frustrating now, nine years later, hearing Carmelo trying to still get an NBA job say this. I was going to Chicago. I Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah, I was there. Right? I, I I was there. And then I started getting whispers behind the scenes. Yo, look, this person ain't gonna be there. This person's not gonna be there. Who is that person, Abdallah? Is it Aaron Gray? No, it's not Aaron Gray. 
Tyrus. All right. John Salmons. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Gennaro, oh, it was, it was Gennaro, Gennaro. It was Gennaro Pargo. You done? I mean, I've got more names. Yeah, I, I understand. You have a, a roster in front of you, and your Lindsay, bit, your bit here Lindsay is Hunter? that you're going to read off names. Was it Lindsay Hunter? To, to try and be funny, because those are not the names that would... Was it Lindsay Hunter? Not be here. You got more names there? It was Tom Thibodeau. You got we more all names? know it was Tom Thibodeau. Uh, speaking of the NBA as well, uh, did you hear Clay Thompson yesterday tell Kerry Champion on ESPN this? I think that's a little premature to say there's no more dynasty. I mean, we still have Stephen Curry, a two-time MVP, Draymond Green, a defense player of the year. Adding D'Angelo Russell was an incredible get for us. I mean, the kid's going to blossom into a superstar in this league. That gave, honestly, me and my teammates a breath of fresh life. To say the dynasty is over, I think, is a little ignorant because I think I'm going to come back 110%. I think I'm going to come back even better and more athletic, and I would just not, it would not be smart to count the dubs out. That's Clay Thompson with Kerry Champion yesterday on ESPN. One, uh, it, obviously, it's Clay, Clay Thompson, and he's funny. So, like, everything he does is hilarious. Thus, the I'm going to be more athletic coming back. I'm going to be better. 110%. Like, mm-hmm. all right, Clay. Like, uh, you can think that. You probably won't be. Uh, I would imagine his shot's still going to be wet, though, right? Like, the moment he steps back on the court, he's still going to be an elite shooter, Oof. probably if not one of the best shooters in Did the league. Did he break his arms? No. Did he do something to He'll his arms? Yeah. He won't be more athletic. But the thing he says there, I think, is something to always remember as we head towards this season and into the start of this next season. Mm-hmm. Golden State, they've been on top for a long time. And they've gotten to a point where they were so good that they had an element in an era of uh, complacency yep. in some, some uh, facets of the game. I think it's interesting. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder, and everyone is saying that this team is probably not a playoff team. Ah, they're going to squeak in. Steph, he's going to struggle because he's by himself. I'm just telling you, I agree with Clay. I'm not going to rule out the Golden State Warriors. I'm not going to rule out Draymond Green. I'm definitely not going to rule out Steph Curry. And when Klay Thompson comes back, that's going to be a really good team in the Western Conference. Chris, I can see the Under Armour Curry commercial now. Oh, yeah. It is him in the gym. He's shooting all the voices like Stephen A. Smith. They're not even a playoff team. And it's like all those, the headlines of, of the Warriors have lost it. The dynasty who was it? Bobby, is over. Bobby Marks, who yeah. said that they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, Bobby Marks yeah. on the radio saying that this team's not going to make the playoffs. That's a bad, that's just Bobby. Uh, what, what was that? I don't know. What if Bobby Marks is listening? He'd be offended I, by that. I don't think so. I'm just doing voices. There's, it's all not right. to be derogatory or anything like that. I'm just doing different voices that aren't mine. Just to illustrate the many different voices and the talking heads in this commercial. And then it just zooms in on, on Steph's face and he does that little, that little smile that he does. And then it's them in the playoffs because that's the last thing you want to do is it's always like lebron like you poke the bear uh, that you don't want to poke the bear well don't until, the, until bear. the bear goes to hollywood well, and then listen, the bear doesn't care well, about the bears being poked the bear's got to be in movies um, i get that you know i think the most fun anyone can have this season is if you place a bet on steph curry to win the mvp Whew. Right, like because if he goes out and does that, you know it's going to be the most amazing thing to yeah. witness because he's going to be putting up thirty plus points per game, shooting he's the have what? to forty, fifty, ninety. Right, mm-hmm. like he's going to be doing crazy things on the court, up and down handles and everything else. Mm-hmm. That crowd, hopefully, will be good at the new arena, the Chase Center, as they move across the bay. Mm-hmm. So all of that stuff, I think, would be a lot of fun to see. Now you mentioned LeBron James, David Griffin. Had comments about LeBron, how it's not fun to be around LeBron James. 
We'll talk about that coming up next as Chris Black and Am Abdallah sing in for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Chris Black and Am Abdallah here singing for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We're 10 minutes away from Bears talk. Mitch Trubisky struggled today again in practice, struggled yesterday. We'll talk about it in 10 minutes right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So, Adam, when we look at LeBron James moving out to L.A. and Hollywood last year to be a part of the Lakers, uh, I think something that a lot of people have looked at with LeBron is you win with LeBron, but there's a lot of drama off the court that you have to deal with while dealing and having the best player in the world on your roster. There's a lot of extra that goes into having LeBron on your team. Well, you're never the reason you win, and you're always the reason that you lose when you're with LeBron. Whether you're coaching LeBron, you're playing with LeBron, or you're general managing LeBron. You're generally managing LeBron. No matter what it is, you you never win because of the moves you made or the plays that you made. It's always, oh, well, you helped LeBron. You hit that You hit that one three, but LeBron did. I mean, yeah, if, LeBron. If you're Kevin Love, if mm-hmm. you're J.R. Smith, mm-hmm. if you're any coach who's ever coached LeBron mm-hmm. James, uh, even a GM, David Griffin, if you are these people, LeBron is the show. Mm-hmm. He never does anything wrong. No, no one ever said, well, I mean, there are people who hate on LeBron, but LeBron is never wrong, right? Because yeah. everyone's uh, grappling for his approval because you want to keep him with your organization. Mm -hmm. He's surrounded by yes-men, right? And so if you go against what he is saying, you are probably going to find your way out. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, right? And so David Griffin... He might try to trade the entire team. He might. Right, and and we've seen that happen in multiple NBA seasons. David Griffin uh, talked the other day that it's miserable to be around LeBron, and then he was on the jump today with Dave McMimmon, and he talked about how... You know, it really was miserable being in Cleveland with LeBron because once you're on top, you have to always do everything you can to keep LeBron happy. Here's David Griffin on the jump. Everything was so much in the public eye all the time. That was not an enjoyable process. When the only thing that marks success for an organization is winning a championship, that's not a terribly enjoyable thing. That was obviously a journey that was well worth going on, but all of the noise around it really sapped a lot of the joy from it. It was very inorganic because what we did, we went from a team that was in the lottery multiple years to a team that LeBron comes back to, and you must win a championship right now. That's not an enjoyable process from a team-building perspective because it's not sustainable and it is totally inorganic. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah, that's David Griffin on the jump. He went on to say misery wasn't always just about LeBron. It was my inability to deal with that media scrutiny. It wasn't the man himself. It was everything that came with a team led by LeBron James. had nothing to do with being miserable with LeBron. We had and have a very positive relationship. So I was disappointed that the story really became about me and a sensationalized version of quotes that were taken totally out of context. And and quite frankly, none of the information was new information. See, and and that's how we kind of started this conversation, right, Abdallah? Because we kind of knew that with LeBron. This isn't new. That David Griffith said these things, it isn't new. And the way this culture is, right, clickbait, and, and all that matters is the headline on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and it makes for a great thing. 
David Griffin said this about LeBron. But really, we all knew this. If you're a basketball fan, you understand there's a lot of drama that goes along with having LeBron James on your team. Here's the last one from David Griffith. I think it's interesting. He thinks that LeBron has proved him wrong in his hunger to win. I failed miserably in getting everyone to the right sense of urgency following the championship. And my belief at that time was there's no way anyone can be born in Akron, Ohio, deliver the first championship in 52 years to Cleveland, Ohio, and be the same human being. It's, it's not possible. You're a person. You're a human being. And my fear at that time was that he wouldn't have that same animal-like desire to win. And what we've seen, obviously, is he's He's gone to multiple finals since, so it was an unfounded fear I had at the time. Again, this wasn't new information. It was just presented in such a way that made it sound like I'm currently saying that, and that is not at all what took place. See, that's David Griffin right there on the jump earlier today. Good job by Dave McMahon to uh, interview him there, and uh, good information. It sounded like that comment, though, even though Griffin was talking about the past, didn't it sound an awful lot like he's talking about current-day LeBron? LeBron, who's more worried about being in Space Jam 2 instead of getting his team to the playoffs at the end of last season, right? Like, that's kind of what it sounded like. Let's be real. Yeah, because he knew he had nothing. Listen, LeBron has many other avenues that he's interested in. Absolutely. In the media and Mm -hmm. and trying Mm -hmm. to create his production house and all this different stuff and acting, you know, because his... He's hilarious, if you haven't realized this. LeBron James <laughs> and this, so funny. this Taco Tuesday oh, thing is just so going, funny. going great It's so great. I love it. Um, love it. Listen, man, we just want to watch you play basketball. Just, it's I cool just... that you can do all this other stuff, but I want to see one of the greatest basketball players in the world play basketball. Don't, That's all I care about. Don't, and I feel like David Griffin, even though he was talking about the past, was really talking about the future there. Don't ruin tacos for me, LeBron. He's going to ruin tacos? Yeah, because it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Oh, it, it's so funny. It's so annoying. From what social media tells me, it's hilarious. So annoying. All right, Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. Uh, Trubisky struggled again back-to-back days. No! We'll talk about it next. Oh, what?